life. It's more full of surprises than anything you could make up. Scary stories, funny stories, sad stories, we've got them all and they're all true. Everyone has at least one great story. What's yours? All right, who ordered takeaway? Got your true story coming right up. I'd like a funny story with a dash of bellyache, please. Um, could I get something with aliens, guns, and travel, please? A one thriller with an overlay of a relationship going wrong. One takeaway order of suspense, please. You're gonna love all this stuff here. It's all really awesome. This is Tall Tales Takeaway, the podcast of bite-sized stories for curious minds on the go. Are you hungry for more stories yet? Welcome to today's show. This is Tall Tales Takeaway, the podcast of true stories presented by Tall Tales, India's longest-running live storytelling event series. I'm Michael Burns. Today's menu features a story about what it's like to arrive in a place that has its own way of doing things. Mumbai has its own rhythm, its own rules, its own language, and even its own food. Our producer Chavi is here, and I want to ask her, Chavi, what are some things that you can only get in Mumbai? To eat, there's so much good stuff that you could probably find <laughs> elsewhere, but it's not going to taste the same. So you have to come to Bombay to have a real vada pao, real dabeli, and real Frankies. If you don't know what they are, you should take a trip down here so you can sample them really quickly. <laughs> so for Anurag Vyas, Mumbai's quirkiness also has a slightly darker side. Maybe part of it is the fact that there are just so many people here and no authority figure can take too much time to think about any one particular person's needs, confusion, or explanation. Rules are rules. So in serving up today's show, we'll start off with an appetizer of moving to Mumbai. After that first piece, there's a main course about the cult of the mobile phone. And we'll finish the show off with a dessert that features the bittersweet consequences that come along with being a stranger in a strange land. Here's no ticket. Star 123 hash gave me the account balance. It was 350 rupees. I had just got a full talk time recharge and my phone was as loaded as James Bond's Walther P99. A luxury sum in a Nokia 3315 mobile phone in the day when indicators of battery and signal strength occupied 10% of the screen width. It was 2005 and my first internship at a law firm in Mumbai. It was a dream destination for an internship. 45 days away from home, the possibilities were endless. I got an internship at a mid-sized law firm at Nariman Point. Right from reading the confirmation email until boarding the train to Mumbai, I was smiling ear to ear. Everything was enhanced by the fact that my father had allowed me to carry my special mobile phone along. I had enough firepower in my pocket to make this a memorable summer. Train journeys in India are a pleasure ride until you see Virar station at peak hours. My train pulled into Virar at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. I saw people oozing out of the doors of the local even when it had started to move out of the station. June and crowds don't go very well in India. I was not at home in Jodhpur. It was June and this story is set in a very crowded city. The following Monday, my uncle came with me to the Mulun station to help me with the season ticket platform number, and deciphering the fast and slow locals. With each new lesson, I was becoming progressively enlightened about the ways of Mumbai. Like I have learnt in numerous such journeys, that if you are seated on the window or the middle seat, then you don't even have to budge a centimeter to accommodate the fourth person who is allowed to ask for the aisle seat in a second class compartment. It's only the person sitting third who has to scooch and make a wee bit of space for the fourth. 
the person in the middle does not even make an eye contact with the fourth guy, lest he will have to heed the request and move a little. As per my instructions, after taking the train south, there was going to be a bus stop right outside CST station and I was to take the bus with the number 1. It's the bus straight to Nariman point, without any stops. Now, I had seen queues in my lifetime. You know the ones outside a Hanuman temple on a Tuesday? But those earthwormish lines would never hold water in front of this anaconda. How's a new guy supposed to know that the queue that he saw right outside the station gate will be the one leading to the bus 200 meters away that he's supposed to board? I walked out of the station to the bus door and had to walk all the way back into the station gate to get into the queue. But I don't think I'm the only one who has ever done that. The queue was moving and I sauntered along to the bus. There was no hope in sight for a place to sit, given that when my turn came, what was left was a few square inches of footboard. I stepped back and told the guy behind me, let's take the next one. Lo and behold, he and two others behind him ran for catching the last scrap of aluminium footboard as the bus rode away. I got a slightly dignified place to sit in the next one, a window seat. The ride was smooth and windy. And on any road journey, unless I'm driving, I never look at the road. I look outside the window, even if only to read the store names. And that's what I did. Central Camera, Times of India, Gunbao Street, Home Massage by Raju. At the office, the entire day passed in meets and greets. Now it had been two weeks into the internship and another day ended. This is where the things got interesting. Obviously, to get home, I just took the morning process and reversed it. Take the bus number one to CST station and then a slow train to Mulund. I boarded the bus. It wasn't as crowded as it used to be in the mornings. I found an aisle seat on the upper deck of a double-decker. I started craning my neck out to read the signboards outside. Actually, there are very few of them on the route back. So I abandoned that and started the favorite activity of all Indians, toying with the mobile. Looking into a mobile can easily be made the national posture of this country. And I started playing snakes. We must have barely moved out of Nariman Point when my cell phone gave out the signature Nokia tune. Tididding ding, tididding ding, tididding ding ding. It was my friend calling to give and take the lowdown of the day. He told me about the swanky office of his firm, the unlimited coffee they could have. And he also took my order for two boxes of orange juice that were freely available in his office. By the time he was describing the billiards table in the break room, I realized that the bus was almost reaching the road right opposite the CST station building. Now for those not familiar with the place, there is a traffic signal on this road, which in the evenings hold a lot of traffic and it takes two or sometimes three turns of the signal for any vehicle to get across. Most commuters going to CST station get down here from the bus and take the subway. I saw everyone move down quickly. I told my friend to hold while I got down and rushed towards the exit. I brushed past the bus conductor with phone in one hand and novel in the other. The moment I stepped down, I was almost in the face of a man in a blue uniform, complete with cap and sandals. He asked me for the ticket. I quickly figured, this must be the ticket checker. Hmm, good system they have in Mumbai. Something like this should be followed in. And before I could name my hometown in the head, I realized I hadn't bought the ticket. So I hung up the phone 
and quickly retraced my steps back into the bus to buy one from the onboard conductor. I told him that I boarded from Nariman Point and asked for the fare. He said, last stop ke pehle ticket nahi milta. Meaning, you can't buy the ticket at the last stop. I said, I'm sorry, I'll just pay now. He said, I should have bought the ticket at least two stops before CST station. What a weird system this city has, I thought. Well, I got down the bus only to run again into the blue uniformed man. He asked me for the ticket again. So I told him the story of how I got preoccupied with a phone call and totally lost track of time. And I also told him that I didn't know about this no ticket after the last but one stop rule and I was a law student. I think that last bit was a definite mistake. He seemed calm as he told me, fine daya vi lagil. I told him I did not understand Marathi and that I wasn't from around here. I'm sure that ticked him off completely because the calm on his face just vanished. He started talking in Marathi. I don't know what he was saying, but it didn't seem good because people passing by were first looking at him and then staring at me. He was probably painting my picture to the world. How this smart ass non-Mumbai car thought he would trick a Bombay electric and straight transport official with his innocent story over my dead body. I thought he must have said. I asked him to calm down a little and that he should consider that this was my very first time in Mumbai and I should be excused. Maybe not the best idea. He said, how could I even imagine to get excused? Being a lawyer, I should be the most law-abiding person. I wonder how he got that outlandish idea. I explained that I was a law student and not a lawyer yet. And I tried some interference by taking the conversation back to the fact that this was just an internship where we learned the tricks of the trade and that I was new to Mumbai. But everything I said was digging me deeper. He was relentless. He told me to come with him to his office. This was the first time in the entire episode that I got nervous. Because going to the office could mean so many things. It could be that he wanted to get away from the crowd and ask for some bribe, for which I had no money. Or it could be for the other half of most penal clauses in the rule book for ticketless travel that begins with or imprisonment. I could feel the sweat trickling down my neck. Either way, this could not be good. So he took me to a small office in the bus depot a few yards away and pointed to a chair. He called another guy into the office and explained him the situation we were in. I could barely understand what they were talking, but I was sure that he must have explained my part of the story only summarily and hence I asked if I could present my case. To which I got a big and loud no. Once they were done talking, the new guy turned to me chewing the most reddening combination of tobacco and lime. He asked me, why was I traveling without a ticket? I told him that I was willing to buy the ticket but did not know about this no ticket after the last but one stop rule. The tobacco chewer just shook his head, laughed and opened a newspaper. That meant I had to sit here until he finished the column he was reading and if he was feeling done, after commenting into air about this article, he might talk to me again. Yeah, and after a few minutes, he turned to me and said, I will have to either spend some time in prison or pay the fine. This was getting worse every second. I just caught my head in both hands and wondered, why in the world did I use the Don's cell phone? It was anyway on roaming and I would have never got caught up in this mess. I started to figure out how much money I had in my wallet because going to jail, even for a few hours, was completely out of question. Because I thought this was going to ruin my entire career 
and who would ever want to hire a lawyer who has been to a jail and besides i knew for a fact that my college would put me out of the run for a gold medal if there were any disciplinary actions on me i was in a thick soup here the reality of all hit me smack in the face was it some sort of bad karma getting back at me it was my fault that i got lost in the phone call but don't we all do this with our phones these days everyone is looking into the phones as if the world around them doesn't exist a distant friend liking the picture of a complete stranger or instagramming a lunch is far more important than the fact that peeping into this phone you wandered squarely in the middle of heavy traffic and can potentially cause an accident our conversations have turned into monosyllabic exchanges we are cut off because we are so eager to get back to candy crush or at least 2 years back we were how different this evening could have been i thought had i decided to read the novel or be in the moment after all this is the birthplace of buddhism i could have enjoyed the quiet bus ride or even have tried to predict if the branch of that low hanging tree close to the bus roof would come through the window which is always fun but no my calling was for electronics well i figured i had about 250 rupees in notes five or six coins and a 100 rupee note in the hidden compartment of my fake gucci wallet and i thought to myself how much could the fine be for a 4 rupee ticket which i did not buy for a second i thought i would bribe them both 50 each and get going but these guys already hated me and i didn't want to push it by this time they had stepped out for another round of tobacco i walked to the doorway took a deep breath and told them that i was willing to accept my mistake but i was not going to do prison which meant i was willing to pay the fine thankfully they were agreeable to this one of the two went inside got a receipt book the other one watched over me i stood sheepishly and waited for the fill in the blanks to start naam i replied age religion address all filled up he gave the receipt for me to sign on it and accept my accusations i did and gave it back he tore the page out of the book and handed it to me i was about to be robbed of my monetary support maybe for the entire month my mind was already knitting stories that i was going to tell my uncle to get some money for the rest of this dream internship i tried to read how much the damage was but he had written it in an atrocious hand so i asked him he said 12 rupees what 12 rupees he repeated in english and i looked closely again to the paper to confirm that there weren't any zeros missing i laughed out loudly no mistake it was indeed 12 rupees in figures and in words and here i was dreading the idea of doing jail time <laughs> wow i quickly took my fake gucci wallet out handed him a generous 15 told him to keep the change i folded the receipt kept it in my pocket and walked out of their office with my head held high and the promise of a dream internship restored my phone buzzed in the pocket indicating a message i pulled it out it was a balance confirmation sms it read your last call cost 12 rupees and as i walked down the stairs of the subway i thought to myself it actually cost 24 hey it's michael we've got a small break coming up after which we'll have a q and a with the storyteller so stick around we hope you like tall tales takeaway india's first storytelling podcast chances are you'll want to check out the lsd cast india's first podcast about love sex and dating we think you'll like it 
It's a very candid chat show hosted by Prem and Rogue. Look for a love sex dating cast on your favorite podcast app. Anurag, thank you so much for that story. Yeah, I enjoyed it as much. I've heard it a few times, but I I love to hear it because, you know, it's a it's a universal story because your story is really about distraction. I mean, it is about phones and it is about the law and it is about paranoia, <laughs> but it's also fundamentally about distraction, the kind of a penalty for distraction. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I I kind of hate the people off for this because you know mobiles are always i i've once heard somebody say that a person in person is more more important than person on the phone and and that was a long time ago when i was really little and since then i think the situation has been once worsened with the mobile phones yeah i was just going to ask you that very question do you think things are getting worse or or better in to some extent i feel like there's a little bit of a backlash against but you know uh being on the phone scrolling through the phone while you're having lunch with somebody i feel like this is starting to turn into a a faux pas differently than it was maybe 5 years ago yeah i think uh everything has two sides to it uh, and so has the mobile phone and i'm i'm by the way pro technology because if in the work that i do if you are behind technology then you really do not get there you support but the invention of the wheel for example i completely do but you should know where to stop yeah and and you should know where to part ways take time for yourself and you should know that it is indeed an inanimate object i mean it's it's a thing yeah. it's not a person so i think it should be understood by everyone you know just put the phone down at some times and if you're in a bus ride just buy your ticket and then go to the snakes game <laughs> And anybody who knows me knows that I just got a smartphone about 3 months ago for the first time. I used to have the oldest Nokia possible where all the numbers were rubbed off of the phone. I felt like you had you had to crank the phone <laughs> to get it to work, you know. Yeah, I saw that a couple of times in the beginning and I was just wondering, okay, is he from America really? <laughs> But you know, and it is really addictive. You you get one of these new toys and you want to play with it and Have you ever had that feeling when you look around at a at in a, in a at an airport or at a bus stop and you realize that you're the only one not looking at the phone? Absolutely I do. It's Absolutely. And 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 I actually try to time before somebody puts the phone down and starts it again. So I think and and I always don't get past 5 seconds. <laughs> and I think it's such a low hanging fruit. I mean it's so much in your control. It's just looking at your watch again and again. That's I, it. I mean but but I really do feel that you know we should take a call and and cut down some of the things which you know make it addictive i mean there should be some research not only about mcdonalds but also about mobile phones <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is an addiction you know what makes me kind of sad uh, most of all when it comes to this just the um if you're preoccupied uh, by your phone uh, all day long it's just those it I'm not talking about the type of meditation where you go to a, a to a temple and sit in or a church and sit and think. It's just the kind of daily contemplation that you do on a regular basis, just thinking about your day or reflecting on your day or just taking holding on to some idea and just turning it over in your mind. Those types of moments are kind of slipping through our fingers, I think, when we are constantly fidgeting. Yeah, and, and there are so many things to look at these days. I mean, you have got people, you've got shops, you've got so much glitter going around. The, even the CST station is multicolored now. So, <laughs> all the while you're just looking at something or and just not thinking about where you are. You're just thinking about where the outside world is. So, I think there's is some time in the day or maybe in a week or a month when one should just really stop, think nothing, <laughs> introspect and just move on. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Michael, always. And that's the end of today's show. I hope you've subscribed to the podcast so you never miss a single episode. And if you do like what you heard, take a minute to rate us and share feedback and reactions on iTunes or whatever app that you listened on. We're on Facebook and Twitter, of course, too, if you'd like to get in touch. Thanks. See you next time. Hey, do you have any romance or kitten stories? Hi, I'd like two medium adventure stories uh, and hold the cheese. Get me some non-fiction. Anything. Just, just get me some non-fiction. Wow, that tall tale looks so funny. I want two, please. I'll take comedy. Yeah, something funny. Romance for Prem, fame and fortune for Kirti, and a coming of age for Sunanda. Your takeaway orders are ready at counter number two. That was so fulfilling. Produced by Sonolog.